episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me just this week is Ricky. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty good. And of course, we are brought to you by Warner Souls at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Chuck in a buck to get your name on all of our streams and videos. $5 a month gets you a piece of monthly exclusive content. This month might end up being two. We'll see what happens. And then uh, $50 international gets you the monthly swag bag mailing so should be a lot of stuff there. And of course, in the link below in the description to our affiliate code for Inked Gaming, that will also direct you to our storefront page if you want to buy one of our two playmats available. That's awesome. And if not, hey, click that link. It'll apply our affiliate codes. Anything else you buy also sort of helps us let them know uh, you want us to keep going. They want to keep supporting us. So anyway, Ricky, how have you been doing, sir? I've been doing pretty good. All right. I'm doing pretty good myself. Got kind of a jam-packed episode for just the two of us this week. So uh, I think we're going to, because there's something I want to talk about, so I think the best umbrella for that is going to be What Killed Magic. After that, we're going to talk about our weekly metagame update as we get ready for Adventure of the Forgotten Realms coming up on digital release in just two weeks, Because not even two weeks, a week from Thursday. Oh boy, because we got a week-long spoiler, ses- spoiler session. <laughs> so I think the plan for spoiler season this week, uh, to, or slash next week, is going to be, we're going to record now. Then we're going to do a mini app on recording on Wednesday, which will be tacked on to the end of this episode. Then we're going to record a brief thing on Friday that will be released on its own, probably on Monday. Then we'll catch up again on spoilers on Monday recording. And we'll do another mini episode on Wednesday for any straggler spoilers. Because again, the set drops on next Thursday for digital. But like and it then drops on the 23rd in real life though. Yeah, so, yeah, because it got pushed back because of COVID delays in production. So they're still releasing it next Thursday and Friday, next Thursday for MTGO and Arena. The weekend after is going to be pre-release, and the weekend after that, which is the 23rd, will be the full paper release. So get ready for a big spoiler rush. And, of course, like I said, we have a couple spoilers to talk about, so we'll get to that after the metagame. And then we'll finish up with this month's Does It Slap Challenge to see who gave us the best steel overseer decklist and then decide and announce our challenge for July. So let's get into it. Let's talk about what killed magic. And once again, it's flesh and blood, right? They're positioning themselves to be the kind of go-to magic killer right now. I would say, would you say it's pretty correct, right? Um, The word magic killer comes up a lot. I've seen a lot of magic killers come and go. Um, I just, I've played the game and I don't get it. Yeah, I I think the big thing here, though, what I'm talking about is, of course, they just announced. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about, hey, they're getting an organized play. Here's their path to to pro status and all that kind of stuff, right? Off the back of Magic saying, hey, pro Magic's dead. And so now we get to see they scheduled their first four GP equivalents, which start relatively soon, right? There's one in DFW in October. Yeah, too bad it's a game I'm not going to get into because... You know, that game's infinity dollars because they want to market it like a cryptocurrency. Actually, uh, only the sealed product's high now. Actually, everything has, because of the organized play announcement, uh, all the stupid collector cards devalued, and now the bulk rares are, like, where it's at. Oh, cool. All right. Well, maybe I'll think about it then if it's in October. Uh, I mean, if there's magic side events, I'd go. (laughs) Oh, please. Please have magic side events. The game is not... Fun. Yeah, but did you actually play constructed though? I thought you only played limited. I only played limited. Maybe it's a bad limited game. Maybe it's got a great constructed game. I'll go out and play constructed. Somebody invite me. I'll go play I wish constructed. they. I wish they had a digital option for me to try out at least. No, no, no! Don't you understand? The game's called Flesh and Blood. It's only meant to be played in person. Oh, give it five more years, right? Like if even that. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, like, uh, I think that. I mean, no, there's no organized play announcements yet, right? There's a lot of things missing for it, but, like, the Digimon card game is a really good game. It is a lot of fun and really interesting concepts and tons of possibilities in deck building. And, you know, that game is also, like, uh, just spinning out of control like everything else is right now. But, uh, you know, it's it doesn't have anywhere near the support that Flesh and Blood's having behind it already with the... Uh, pro play type thing like a gp type thing and honestly like i mean i'm looking forward to the hunter burton not only is it for a good cause but like 
it's going to be the biggest magic event of the entire year because yeah, it has no I affiliation with Watsy. I like. I might not make the Hunter Burton mostly because it's just going to be modern, right? They haven't said anything going to be like Pioneer. Um, I'm like really close to just going out, just to hanging out with you and whoever else of our friends are there. Uh, but there's a thing coming on kind of locally that we might take uh, the fiance's nephews to just to sort of walk around and stuff like that. That's also going to be kind of a, a magic event. And they'll have like limited and stuff like that. So I might play like a sealed event or something like that. I'm not quite sure what my plan is yet. Uh, but yeah, Hunter Burton is going to be big. Probably like you're right. The biggest magic thing at least like organized wise, right? So but anyway, my point of bringing up Flesh and Blood is why isn't Magic back yet? Well, one, right, let's let's wind it back to what? Th- three, four years ago where Wizards said, hey, Channel Fireball, you run all the GPs from now on. And Channel Fireball said, sure thing, you got it, boss. I just, and I thought then, that was a bad move from the, from the go-get. And then, you know what? During COVID, what happened? They said, hey, we're canceling that part of our business. And they're also now getting out and they're like a big distributor now. They're kind of – they're not like you know what they were. So who knows if they even have intentions of bringing it back. Also, they're definitely in bed with Flesh and Blood. So does Watts even want them running their big events from now on? So right. So the problem here is Watts got rid of their organized play division to sort of just – give it to someone else, make pass the buck to someone else. Now those people said, and again, rightfully so, global pandemic, we don't want to keep running this part of the business. We don't have to. So cut the cord there. So now we're waiting for someone to pick up the pieces and there's no one there to pick up these pieces. And the, the, DF, the DFW one, October mm-hmm. 15th through 17th, it's sealed. Oh, well, never mind then. It's kingdoms sealed. Oh, it's just the new set. The new set. Kingdoms sealed. That's going to be crazy. Everyone's going to pool. Day one is seven rounds of Swiss cut to the top 64, followed by three rounds of booster draft for the cut to the top 32. Day two is three rounds of booster draft for the cut to the top eight. Honestly, honestly, I'd go. All right. Well, maybe we'll talk about it if it's limited. I, it's, it's limited. I'll try again. Just to experience the tournament atmosphere that I loved so much. If, if you know, we friends with uh, Brian over at Talarian, if he's going, you know. Yeah. It's only 50 bucks to play. Yeah, but how fast is that sign-up going to sell out? Oh, I'm already signing up right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it I, comes with a playmat. The limited edition playmat that's going to be worth stupid money because apparently the cards were... The cards All right. Well, maybe I'll just sign up, and if I can't go, I'll just get a refund at this point, like, right? Heck yeah. Uh, um, but anyway, so, but really, though, like, that. my point is, what do you think is even going to happen with organized play, right? Like, this is this is something that I should have thought about when we were talking about Magic coming back, but it took me to see the Flesh to Blood announcement that I realized, wait, no one at Watsy handles these events anymore. Right. I mean, they pass everything off, all the toward an organization to, to channel Fireball, which is... Sort of abysmal, like, I, I, you know, there are opinions I have about Channel Fireball, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't think they were bad or anything like that, but, like, the other GPs I went to, there were so many better run GPs. Mm-hmm. You remember going to, like, the SCG run GPs? Yeah. They were so smooth. And, like, even some of the other ones, like the, like, the Legions, pastimes. pastimes, those were great run events also. Like, I... I I'd like to say that the only times I've had real trouble with GPs were at Channel Fireball run GPs. Uh, do you remember, I think it was the Channel Fireball Denver GP was the one with the the new, uh, no, was it Denver? They had the new match slips and they, they yes. backed everything up. And then Vegas, where they had that whole mess up with the tournament organizing software and they had to like, yeah. give everybody a, a, a refund. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that like, the only times I've had problems at GPs were, and I'm not saying everybody was perfect, right? There were definitely ones that were better than other ones. Um, you know, SCG really, they, they built the prize wall, and ever since the prize wall, things have changed at GPs. But, like, uh, I, I, I just think that having diverse amounts of GPs is a, the best way to do it. And have you ever read, like, articles about, like, the, the Haruya, uh GP? No. Oh, maybe I have. I remember that one, and wasn't there, like, a one in China that was, like, really, really good? It was, like, uh, they, like, opened up, like, 
500 entries for free just for college students in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had free bag check um, for like uh, for like if you were coming in with the bag, right? The yeah. entry fee was higher to put off some of these costs, but like every entry fee came with like uh, you were they gave you bottled water if you wanted it for free. There was a snack area for free for everybody. It wasn't just a VIP thing. They had like all this stuff set up uh, and it was like everybody who went said it was the best GP experience they've ever had. And like, that just can't happen when you've got like the, the channel fireball GP machine going burr, you know, I, I just think that all from the go get was a, was a bad idea. And of course now GPs are going to get stalled on the way back. I do think that still the COVID concern is there, right? Yeah. Like I was talking with Chris and I feel like the Hunter Burton kind of, kind of skirts the like max level I'm willing to be at, at an event size, right? Like I think anything more than 50 players and I'm kind of like, Ooh, I think the Hunter Burton's going to be a couple hundred players. Yeah. Like I said, that's like definitely approaching my size, the size where I'm like, I don't know just yet. I, I think definitely GPs are coming back. They'll come back in 2022. We're yeah. not going to see any this year. And I think that's fine because, like, you know, Watsy really doesn't want to, like, have an outbreak on their hands or something dumb with COVID happening. So I think, like, the caution is fine. But because they've taken this caution, I think that smaller companies who've not really had this sort of time to shine are going to take advantage of it. And I think it's – ultimately, I don't think it's bad that Flesh and Blood's getting out the door first. I don't think it shows bad on Watsy. To me, it just shows that, like – this company that makes flesh and blood is like they're, they're in it, right? They're, they're doing yeah. it. I think like, you know, speaking of the smaller companies, I think like the energy series is slowly spooling up in the Midwest. I'm assuming SCG is going to start running some smaller stuff sort of closer to their, their home base probably in the near future, right? Like on the East coast. Right. Um, but I don't know. To me, it seems like, it just seems like the best time. I, I think Watsy taking their time is a good thing. Honestly. I think that waiting and seeing everything because we don't know everything, you know, will there be a booster shot? Like there's lots of things to sort of like, the other, not that I want to like spook people or anything, but like, you know, the other I'm thing just, too is right with the change in organized play coming up. They haven't even told us what these events would even feed into. So why do we want to run events with mystery connotations towards them? Right. Mm-hmm. So I think there are a few differences. I just, that's something I wanted to talk about is the thought I had. When I, like I said, when I saw the Flesh and Blood announcement. But anyway, we're here to talk about Pioneer, so let's get into that Pioneer metagame, right? All right, this week on our 14-day look back, in at number 12, we have Mono Red Aggro, number 3, Mono Green at 3.1%. Number 10, Grixis Arcanist at 3.6%. Number 9, Gruel Aggro at 4.1%. Uh, Lotus Combo, now called Hidden Strings. All right, cool. Hell yeah. At four point six percent, number seven, Rakdos Pyromancer at five point one percent. Slowly climbing its way back up, we have Nibbed Light at number six at five point six percent. Luris Burn at number five at six point one percent. The Mirror Control six point six percent. Number four, Mono Black Aggro making another big push here at eight point two percent with the number three spot. Number two is at Phoenix nine point seven percent of the meta, and number one, fifteen point three. Bant Spiratos, which, hey, we're going to talk about that in just a second, because let's look at, before we get to the challenges, let's talk about, because Crew 3 has a new ch- champion, so big shout-outs to Jason, a.k.a. Wolfgar14, for taking down the current Pioneer webcam challenge this weekend, taking it down with Bant Spirits at a pretty good event turnout. I I played some Bant Humans, I got middle of the field, and unfortunately I had to play against... Uh, Burn and our friend Ed playing um, Grixis, the Arcanist, and those are just two matchups I just cannot win. Where do you uh, get that Empyrean Eagle art? Uh, that is from Jumpstart, I think. That's the art I have. Oh, no, no, no. That's a Commander deck. Oh, weird. That's the Zendikar Commander deck. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the top three, uh, we had Newcomer Visa playing Featherless Feather, uh, the finals was, of course, Mild Pro dropping Mono Green, playing Slesnia Company again. And then, of course, Wolfgar slash Jason winning with Bant Spirits. We also had, you know, Wombat in the top four with Mon- the Mono Red Burn player. I was on Humans. We had seventh place Niv Delight. 
eighth place, uh, just like the rock ninth place servo playing the fairest niv to light deck. I think I've ever seen Uh 10th place. We had mono blue spirits and 11th place Minjusku on Bant company. So thanks everyone for playing and next month uh, really kind of, you know, usually we do them on the first weekend of every month, uh, but summer kind of messes things up. So I haven't decided the next one's probably going to be on July 31st uh, because the weekend it should be on would be my mom and sister's birthday. So we're probably going to reschedule for that one, uh, but uh, keep playing on. People are really stepping up the deck game. So don't be afraid to jump in. You know, you got the 12th, we got the proxy for a reason and we're going to have D and D cards by then. So enjoy, right? I, I'm just upset at the, uh, the amount of redains. In this event. It's great, right? I put really cool looking shiny snowlands in my decks to make a point that this was free. And y'all out here punishing me for playing snowlands with the only card in existence that does it. Good on you. I I, I, throw, you. My, I throw my snowlands in the trash. You tell me I gotta go, I go dig them yeah, out of the dumpster I threw, now? I threw all my basics in the trash. What am I gonna do now? How am I going to ever financially recover from this? All right, I'm taking all my snow lands. I'm throwing them in the trash. You're just not going to play with any basics? No, no basics. No basics. There's no Blood Moon in this format, right? No. Uh, Wait, no, hold on. Archon of Miria, watch out. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, so let's take a look at these actual challenges then. Not actual, but, you know, the the big challenges. Uh, Yeah, the big Uh, ones? The big ones also, I mean, look. Uh, also, I need to remember to have Servo transfer ownership of the Crew 3 title belt PNG to Wolfgar. Man, I think they're still dumb, but part of me is like really tempted to turn that PNG into it into an NFT just to give it some dumb fake value. Oh my god. There's a there's a there's a lot of Rakdos. The, the yeah. Weekend. So <laughs> like we said, alright, so top eight for the Saturday the Saturday challenge. Number eight, Magician Magico with Bant Spirit. Seventh place, uh, Cariolins with Bant Spirit. Sixth place, Fingers 1991 with Laura Spurn. Fifth place, Moderate Aggro by Wizard 2002. Harry 13 on Demir Control. Bolivo back again. You know, couldn't take it down this time. But get that third place, Mono Black Aggro. H Cook 725 on Rakdos Pyromancer. Soul Strong. Number one with Rakdos Pyromancer. So, honestly, I think if you're look, I just add personally, um, I don't want to play against at Arcanist with like with like spirits, right? So they just get to use their removal spells multiple times. It's just kind of annoying to deal with. I mean, yeah, it's just really a lot. I mean this this is quite a this is quite a challenge. I mean, it, there's a like it's all it's all the the usual suspects, right? But it, they are. They are really mixed in here, in my opinion. Also, um, it's really interesting that uh, you can now look down the list, and when you see five colors in the deck, it's not Niv to Light, actually. More than often, it's not. It looks like there's only one Niv in the whole th- top 32. Yeah, there's two Hidden Strings decks and one Lotus combo. What is the difference? I have to know. What makes Lotus combo different from Hidden Strings? Delve with me for, for two seconds. Um... Hidden Strings has a Merchant Ultimatum? That's the difference I'm seeing, is that they're saying that the the hit, the Lotus combo deck without a Merchant Ultimatum is different from Hidden Strings playing a Merchant Ultimatum? Uh, do you see this mad person, uh, Tyrube, with the one-of discontinuity in their deck? Not even the two-of, not even respectful two-of? Nah, that one-of, dog. That's a one-of, and it's going to get you. And they're main-decking their Omniscience. Well, I mean, yeah, they got an Ultimatum for it. Oh yeah, why not? Right when it when it's free. <laughs> yeah, when it's free. Okay, never mind. That sounds great. <laughs> Where's the Arlens? I don't see Arlens. Arlens Epiphany. Now we don't need that. We don't need trash garbage cards. What what is our what is our ultimatum package here? I don't know, man. We've tried to figure this out every episode, and I just never think I'm right. <laughs> well, clearly, you got to get uh, <clears throat> you got to get peer into the abyss, omniscience, and then Balaget recovery to buy back your ultimatum. <laughs> Or do you, I, I like, they, I, the Discord has told me multiple times, I just like blanking on my memory because I'm like, I'm never going to play this deck. I think you also like sometimes get poor just so you can just go off again. Right. Poor is the weirdest card because you love that card, but also it just doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. 
it gets you everywhere and nowhere. Like I, I was playing this deck this weekend and like just I just cast three pour over the pages. My opponent just looks so upset. But little do they know that I'm sitting there just hoping they concede because my hand is garbage and I only have three mana. It's what's the old uh, tap tap concede? What are you drawing for? More draw spells? Yeah, more draw spells. Where, where are you going to find your good cards? I don't know. They're not in the deck. Chaos theory. Oh, man. This is a very fun deck, by the way. I just want... Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I just... Every time I look at a list, I see cards that I want to be playing in my list, and I'm just like, man, how does everybody else get... It's sort of like, how does everybody else get all these cards to fit into their 60-card list, and I just can't. I'm just like, I don't know what to cut. I'm already at three Balagan Recovery. Surely I can't cut another one. Like... I feel like, okay, so real quick, right? Ultimate Pile. I think you get like Omniscience, Poor, and then like Peer, right? That way, if you get Poor and Peer, you can just cast your spells again. And then if you get Omniscience in one of the other two, you just get to go off. Mm-hmm. That's probably your pile. I guess that's probably it, right? Like, if they give you Peer or Omniscience, like, if you resolve Peer into the Abyss, you're probably not losing. I would hope not. So like, I mean, look at how many mouths and faces there are. I can't wait for the, like, ultimatum pile where, like, you get the omniscience and the peer, and, like, they're just, like, how many cards in your hand? You're just, like, two? And they give you the omniscience, and you're just, like, all right, I cast omniscience, go. <laughs> Sometimes that yeah. happens. All right, so now that we've had the sketch cards, right, that have the art direction, I want to see the peer into the abyss art direction. Just give us a guy whose head is in his own mouth. And then there, his eyes also have his head in them, and they're also mouths. And then have subsequent heads and mouths with mouth with heads for eyes, for mouths. I think you just said ah, just a a a j j j j j j j j. Yeah, just all the way across. Have you seen? Okay, one last tangent before we get out of this deck. Have you seen Road to Ruins sketch card? No. There's just no drawing there. It's supposed to be like a pencil sketch in each of the drawings, right? Yeah. But with the foil over it, uh, it just looks like blank foiling. Oh, neat. And, and so, like, somebody pointed it out to me during, like, the multicolored cube draft. They were just like, this card has no art. It's just shiny. And I was like, yeah, it's that cool. I think my Anyways. favorite art direction is still, is just Gargadon. They're like, we've seen lesser and greater. Give us the average Gargadon. Give us regular Gargadon. Gargadon. Just your standard everyday, you know, the working man's Gargadon. Anyways. All right. Let's look at Sunday's challenge. Eighth place. Uh, blue, red. Is this Phoenix? Nope. This is the... Uh, oh, what is, what is this? It's, it's just burn. Like, it's, it's burn it's with bur- treasure. It's burn, with, it's burn with iteration. Instead of burn with treasure cruise, it's finally just burn with iteration. iteration. Why not? All right. All right. Fair enough. We're, all I got to say is we're the Lightning Elementals. That deck is hot. Um, seventh place, Demir Control by Powen. Sixth place, Tyrube, 1618. Oh, did he... Did they... Uh, oh, still the one discontinuity, Ricky. Moving on up into sixth place. I mean, if it works, it works. Uh, I run two, but one sounds right. All right. The next we have a string of mono blacks by Hyro P32, Zuxa, and Mazin Ha Linda. All on mono black aggro. Second place, Rakdos by Alienware. And first place, M. Muck on Is It Phoenix? Uh, all right. So, look. I love the Pioneer community. But can I? Can we talk for a moment about just the, hey, you won with the deck. And then, I think it's just like the thing to do, right? Like, you know, you win your race and you go drink a, a bottle of milk, right? I think in Pioneer, the thing to do is just win the challenge and then just say deck's bad, don't play it. <laughs> Yeah, what happened? Well, because like the guy, the people that won with Rakdos said the same thing. Tiago Saparito said, "Don't play Mono Black; it's bad." I just think that's just the thing they do in Pioneers. You win the challenge, you're like, "Oh, the deck's bad; don't play it. Trash, garbage." I think that this just proves that it's such a good format. I think that every good deck is also bad because of how diverse the format is. Yeah. So everybody who wins just wants to warn you that, like, don't jump on this deck. I really just got lucky and skilled my way through this event, right? Yeah, which I think is respectable. I think the other thing, too, is, right, that um, Pioneer is definitely a lot of, because, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of super, I mean, there's definitely, we see the the string of 
a lot of similar names, but then there's other people who are just like, it feels like Pioneer is one of the formats that definitely goes into the, all right, what won the last challenge last weekend? All right, I'm just going to register that 75. Let's go. Right, right. Um, I would like to say also that uh, mono black aggro players. Yeah. I'm listening. They, they are. Mm-hmm. They are the new, well, it's not much, but it's an honest living. It's an honest living. It is the fairest deck. Uh, I, I watched. They I play watched, Thoughtseize. <laughs> I watched Ian play against a mono black opponent with uh, the Orzhov Oris deck. And Ian just like hateful into ethereal, ethereal attack you for seven on turn two. And like, yeah, I guess I'm not blocking with my blood soaked champion. All right. Play a, play another blood soaked champion past the turn. Just like, look at this, look at this honest player. Just playing just two ones for one mana, playing one for one removal, not trying to make seven sevens on turn I, two. Look, it's not all one for one removal. You have Legion's End in the sideboard. Isn't that also one for one removal? It's not. The real funny thing is I, I played that person and uh, I granted for an Ugin and then they necromentioned Ugin out of my hand. Ooh, my God. <laughs> And the zombie token won be the game because I got to put hidden strings on it. Oh my god. And cipher hidden strings to get the extra mana to win the game. I just can't wait till you lose to go blank. I mean, I, I always do. I always do. I don't think I never noticed the little owl dean in the background of go blank before. That's neat. The, uh, the phoenix deck, though, seems actually like one of the most, uh, like, well constructed phoenix decks i've seen in a while normally they're just like one of's all the way down oh yeah there's no one of anchor <laughs> there's no there's no one of like you know they're not even playing the the go fast card what is it maximize velocity yeah this is just four thing in the ice for arc light phoenix we know what we're doing here phoenix and i appreciate that how do you feel about scrabbling claws versus soul guide lantern um so Scrabbling Claws is because... Doesn't Soul Guide Lantern eat both yards? No, it's target. I thought. Huh. I don't know. I guess Scrabbling Claws can eat two cards at once, which is sort of cool. Because you can tap it to eat a card and then sack it again. Yeah, it's Exile... So like, uh, it's Exile each opponent's graveyard. So, like, but like, you can do things like, you know... Uh, like, target your target your thing and then in response to you using it activate again target oh, again. you know what you know what scrabbling clause is for it's so you don't have to bomb their graveyard it's for arcanist so you're just like okay what'd you target with arcanist i'm gonna eat that right yeah All exactly right. yeah I, I think it's fine right fair enough just get the croxa get it out of here bye yeah all right so that is it for the challenges i think they're pretty good i think pioneers obviously we've said it every week it's in a pretty good place, different deck every week on top, and I'm excited to see what Adventures of the Forgotten Realms brings, which brings us to our first couple, the, really the last couple of the trickle of spoilers we get before the floodgates open tomorrow, because why do, why do they start on Tuesday? Because uh, we're old. We expect things to start on Monday. Uh, yes. Yeah. So the thing, the big thing, of course, in these spoilers is we have a new card type. In Dungeons. Is it really a card type? It never says on anywhere. It's not a it's not a real card type, right? They they sit they well, they just call them all dungeons, and they sit in your command zone. So what are dungeons? So dungeons are a new mechanic, and you always have access to all three of them. There are three dungeons, and they have confirmed there are not gonna there are not gonna be any different ones in the commander decks. So the three we see now are the three we are going to get until another set, if they ever bring this mechanic back. So um, they have different little tiles on them. They're different layouts. You're going to have to look up these pictures because you'll get the idea when you're looking at them, right? And so each tile, each space on the little dungeon map lets you move forward. Some of them have a little pathway, have a split that you can decide to go down to, and you can only keep moving forward. And then once you get to the end, you clear the dungeon and can then start over on the same dungeon or a different dungeon of your choice. Also, they don't take up sideboard slots, so they're just three extra cards in your deck box 
So like I said on the Discord, I'm ready for the uh, the Boulder 103s and the Boulder 83s. Oh my god. Um, and so the only way to move forward or start a dungeon is to have a card with what they're calling venture is the kind of the mechanic, right? So you have to venture into the dungeon. That either lets you enter the first room of a dungeon or advance to the next room. So briefly, let's just talk about each dungeon and then we'll go into the couple of cards we've seen so far with Venture. And we're going to sort of just talk about what we think of this mechanic as a whole because I think at its like core, it's an interesting mechanic and I don't think until we see all of the enablers, it's going to be fair to judge it. I want to judge it now. But we can judge it now, right? <laughs> but because uh, we want those clickbait titles. Right. Um, so let's start with the what I think is the simple one in Lost Mine of Pandelver, of Pandelver. Sure. And so, so step one, you ca- cave entrance, right? So scry, scry one. one. So you start the dungeon, you get to scry one. Okay, pretty cool. Then you can branch into either the goblin layer to make a 1-1 red goblin creature token or the mine tunnels to create a treasure token. I don't know when you want the goblin over the treasure. Maybe for like an aggro deck? I mean, like... You just want another body? The treasure taps for mana, but the goblin taps taps for damage. Yeah. All right. Maybe we uh, well, need. It, it it matters because right if you go to the goblin layer, you don't get to go to the fungi cavern. But if you go to the mine tunnels, you don't get to go to the storeroom. The fungi cavern sucks. So, all right, all right. From goblin layer, you get to go either to the storeroom or the dark pool. Storeroom, you put a one one counter on target creature. Dark pool, each opponent loses one life. You gain one life. For the mine tunnels, you can go to the dark pool or the fungi caverns. Dark pool, the same thing. Each one loses life. You gain one life. And fungi cavern target creature gets minus four, minus oh until your next turn. And then from all of those, you get to go to the temple of Dumathoin and draw a card. And then you get to clear the dungeon because you made it to the end, right? And so each venture card, you obviously you're going to move forward to the dungeon, get a little value, and then we'll see with a couple of cards we'll talk about. Some cards get bonus is if you've cleared a dungeon or completed a, a dungeon before. So I think we're going to see some cards that are just like, you're kind of using the dungeons for extra value. And they're going to be like the aggressive decks that just care about. I cleared the dungeon, right? I think that the lost mine of Fandelver and the tomb of annihilation are the best dungeons. And I don't think that the dungeon, of the mad mage is very good at all. All right. So let's talk about what is, what is tomb of annihilation? Ricky trapped entry. When you enter it, each player loses one life. All right. From what there, are, what... you have two paths. One path is two steps, and the other path is one step to the end. So you can either go into Veils of Fear, which will make each player lose two life unless they discard a card, and then Sandfall Cell, which is going to be each player loses two life unless they sacrifice an artifact, a creature, or land. The other path is Oubliette, which makes you discard a card and sacrifice an artifact a creature, and a land. Uh, The last room is Cradle of the Death God, where you get a 4-4 legendary black god horror creature token with Death Touch. Uh, So if you're an aggressive deck, I think this is going to be the the dungeon you are exploring. It's Yeah, because you can can clear it fast in three steps, or you can Mm. just kind of get extra value out of just grinding away your opponent's resources, right? Make them discard a card, they lose two cards. Oubliette's a trap, probably. Do right? not go there. Ever. Um, I uh, thought Oubliette was symmetrical, and I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. It's like smallpox. Yeah, no. We want to go to the other side, because, like, the big thing here is, by the time you make it to the end, your opponent will have probably lost five life, if not other resources. Mm-hmm. Like, against a controlling deck, when you're the aggro deck, if you're just getting, like, you know, random cards that are also going to just, like, coincidentally venture you into the dungeon, which is what I assume the aggro deck's going to want to do, right? Mm-hmm. This dungeon will make your opponent lose a bunch of life, and then you get a 4-4 creature. Yeah. Um, and it clears in one, two, three, four steps, and then you start it again. It gives you reach. It gives you uh, resource denial. You don't care that the effects are symmetrical because your life isn't being pressured, so you're going to just lose your five life for going through it. And as far as we know, there's no way to interrupt your opponent venturing besides countering the cards that let them venture. There's going to be some weird, like, your opponent leaves the dungeon. 
Yeah. But uh, the last the last Mind of Phandelver, I think, is still, once again, going to be good for, like, the mid-rangey decks or, like, the aggressive decks also when they're... Mm-hmm. You pull up the Lost Mine of Phandelver when you're playing against another creature deck because this is going to let you go a little bit wider with the goblin and get a little bit taller with the storeroom, and then you're going to draw a card at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that's good too. I think that, right. the, that you go over the dungeon of the, the, of the Mad Mage, everybody. The, 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 dun- the dungeon of a million steps. Yeah. Uh, so, Yawning Portal, you gain one life. We get to move on to the dungeon level. Scry one. So, from there, we get to go to the Goblin Bazaar to create a treasure token or. The Twisted Caverns, where creatures, where target creatures target can attack creature. you until your next turn. Uh, level the, After that, they each feed into the Lost Level, which is Scry 2. From the Lost Level, you could go to the Runestone Caverns, which exiles the top two cards of your library. You may play them. Or Mural's Graveyard, where you create two 1-1 Black Skeleton Creature Tokens. From there, you move forward into the Deep Mines, where you get to Scry 3. And that feeds into the final room, which is Mad Wizard's Lair, Draw three cards and reveal them. You may cast one of them without paying its mana cost. I think this card is only going to be... This dungeon is only going to be used for people who are wanting to get to the end of it and do something very stupid with that last Do ability. not fair things, right? Uh, completely unfair things. Nothing fair is going to come out of the Mad Mage dungeon. I- I'm telling you right now that your opponent is going to cast an Emrakul that they scribed to the top with the deep mines using that last step. Like, up it, to no good. It is not going to be fun for you. You are not going to enjoy your time when your opponent goes through the Mad Mage dungeon. But I, I appreciate that each dungeon here has its own flavor, right? They definitely going to have their own applications. Uh, Tomb Annihilation, obviously, is going to be like the aggro one. Lost Mines, your aggro mirror or like a mid-range. And then Dungeon of the Mad Mage is like a weird combo deck. Or maybe like even control for whatever reason, right? Sure. It does draw you three cards at the end. It's it's a little crazy, but you know you have to invest something into it, right? Yeah. So how are we venturing in these dungeons? Well, let's talk about cards like Shortcut Seeker, which is a 2-5 for three and a blue. It's a human rogue. Whenever Shortcut Seeker deals combat damage to a player, venture into the dungeon. Pretty straightforward, right? So instead of a looter, we get to venture. Uh, we have Nadair, a selfless paladin, two and a white for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature, Dragon Knight. With the vigilance, whenever Nadair's selfless paladin enters the battlefield or attacks, venture into the dungeon. And it also says other creatures you control get plus one, plus one, as long as you've completed a dungeon. So obviously the ideal is you want to go like one drop, two drop, have like a venture in between there. Get Nadair, venture again, you get to attack, you swing. Hopefully by now we're either just clearing or we've already cleared one of either Lost Mines or Tomb because those take four steps each to clear out, and now all of our guys get plus one, plus one. Uh, we also have uh, Cloister Gargoyle, two and a white for a zero four Gargoyle. Uh, it, when he enters the battle, venture into the dungeon. As long as you've completed a dungeon, Cloister Gargoyle gets plus three, plus oh, and it has flying. Uh, we also have our first, or not our first, we already have a Planeswalker. have another Planeswalker, an Eliwick Tumblestrum, two green green for legendary Planeswalker Eliwick, which is adorable art. I showed my fiance this and she Have you seen the extended art? Love. The extended art, even better. I love Albino Frog Friend. Right. Uh, so Eliwick's a starting, four starting loyalty planeswalker, plus one venture into the dungeon, minus two, look at the top six stars of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand if it's legendary, gain three life. Put the rest of the bottom of your library in a random order. Minus seven, you get an emblem with creatures you control, have trample, haste, and get plus two, plus two, each differently named dungeon you've completed. So at max, your creatures can get plus six, plus six. Right, because you can complete three dungeons. Yep. And then our last two real dungeon payoff cards are two com- or is a common and uncommon dungeon crawler is a what a bl- is a single black for a two one and is the battlefield tapped. So our average sort of grave crawler diagraph ghoul type card here. Whenever you complete a dungeon, you may return it from your graveyard to your hand. And then Gloomstalker, two and a white for a 2-3 Dwarf Ranger. As long as you've completed a dungeon, Gloomstalker has double strike. So, so far, what, Ricky, what do you think? We got a couple of enablers. We got some payoffs. I think, Obviously, time will tell. What, what are your current thoughts? I think Eliwook is a good card. I'm going to tell you that after Innistrad comes out, after the seven-year curse of Throne of Eldraine finally rotates out of standard... Did you know Throne of Eldraine actually came out in uh, 2015? 
and the monkey's paw curls its fingers again. <laughs> uh, when when Thorneville Drain finally rotates, I do think that Eliwick is going to be good in standard, and the dungeon mechanic will be very good there. And then in Pioneer, the only way dungeon matters in Pioneer is if there's a stupid combo deck with a Mad Mage dungeon. And even then, that feels like working too hard. I feel like you could just Aetherworks Marvel instead. But it seems fine. It's a weird mechanic. Carrying the dungeons around with you is literally going to be a little annoying. I guess technically, like, pull out your phone or something and just look Someone, it Someone made a playmat with all the dungeons. They just kind of blew up and it's like, yeah, I'm just going to be like little D&D minis and be like, here's where I am. Sure. Cute. Adorable. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, I can tell you right now, I am so glad I'm done being a judge because I do not want I just am waking up with like fever dreams of just judge. Do you have a dungeon of the Mad Mage on you? No, they can't even print double sided dungeons in the in the pre release kits because there's three of them. Yeah, I know. They I feel like these are going to be like one in every pack because they've said, "Don't worry, there are going to be enough dungeons." Right. I mean, that's fine, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a funky little mechanic. Um, can we talk about some of the more important cards in the set that we've seen so far? Is it the Sweet Sweet Land alternate arts? No. I hate those. Oh, I love them. I'm ready for my board to look like a clown oh, card. It looks so bad. It looks so bad. Is it the is it the Flavor Text Basic Lands? No, it's not that either. Okay, uh, what is it? Can we talk about cards like... Power Word Kill and Portable Sword? Or, sorry, Portable Hole? We've already talked about those. Have we already talked about those? Yeah. Oh. They just got spoiled like a month ago, so you've forgotten about talking about them. I just want... I think Portable Hole is so good. Portable Hole is very good. I don't think there's any doubt Portable Hole is very good. Tiamat is the worst dragon I've ever seen printed, but also the best. Yeah. I think the original art sold for like $65,000. For what? Tiamat. What do you mean the original art? Like the the painting that the original art artist did that the art is uses. Oh really? Yeah. Jeebus. I think it was for charity though, so good on them. Good on them. Alright. So uh that's it for today. I mean, we I might be putting in the audio right now for more D D spoilers. I'm not quite sure if I'm gonna release it as its own thing just yet, so I'm gonna say it's gonna be right here if it is, if not Oh, well, if if it is. All right, Ricky, are you ready to talk about the Doesn't Slap Challenge? Oh, I'm ready. All right, do you want to hit us with that theme song? Sure. Oh! All right, thank you. All right, so let's get down to it. Let's start with a submission by user Odins. And we have a take on Hardened Scales featuring... Steel Overseer. We have four Chamber Sentry, four Hangerback Walker, four Stone Coil Serpent, two Crashing Drawbridge to give our Chamber Sentry haste, four Steel Overseer, also Crashing Drawbridge, uh, two Grum Gully the Generous, all right, two Snakeskin Fail, three First Day of Class, one Kuzul's Fury, four Animation Module, two the Ozolith, four Hardened Scales, four Cryptolith Rites, and some lands. What do you think about this one? This is a deep commit. I love it. Uh, I'm not sure. Let's see here. I mean, like, I think Chamber Sentry is hilarious. Hangerback Walker, Stone Cold Serpent, all good. I love Crashing Drawbridge. That card is, uh, once again, an Eldraine classic. Yeah. Um, Steel Overseer does uh, does work in this deck. Nothing's human, so Grumgully works. First Day of Class is a card that uh, has been baffling me in other formats. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to see it here. Uh, we can go and tutor. Uh, looks like fractal summoning, or containment breach, intro to annihilation. Uh, probably should put in environmental science because that card's always good. That's the most broken lesson. Yeah, maybe a mascot exhibition. Who knows? Um, I don't understand why Cryptolithrite is here, but other than that, the rest of this deck looks pretty slap worthy, in my opinion. Okay. All right. All right. It's a pretty slapping deck. All right. We've seen this deck, but it is officially submitted by the pilot. And this is Tezzy's Mono Blue Steel Overseer deck that we talked about the other week. So it's Hangerback, Walker, Ornithopter, Stonecoil, Serpent, Hope of Gear, Pearl, Steel Overseer, Emery Lurker of the Lock, 
Psy, Master Thopterus, Karn Sign of Urza, Metallurgic Rebuke, Shadow Spear, Four Steel Leaf, Spring Leaf Drum, One Witching Well, Four Insult Artifact, and Four Antiquities of War. We're going to talk about this deck list. Is there anything you wanted to sort of tag on a week later? I like Whirler Rogue in the main. Okay, Whirler Rogue in the main? Yeah, that's all. That's the only like addition okay. I have. All oh, right. Like just oh. two. Yeah, just two of them. All right. Next up by El Cappy, we have Scaleless Scales, two Hangerback Walker, three Ornithopter, four Stone Quail Serpent, four Hedron Crawler, four Steel Overseer, three Jehoiras Familiar, two Metalwork Colossus, two Karn Scion of Urza, two Karn the Great Creator, one Ugin the Ineffable, four Power Stone Shard, four Mystic Forge, two Paradox Engine, and some lands. And also, we do have an added note from El Cappy here. Uh, it just he, they just wanted to know my goal was to paradox combo and win with still overseer and hedron crawler ornithopter. I really struggle with the aggressive decks and trying to make up for it with the sideboard. Would love some advice on how to make this deck survive long enough to me for me to play the Mystic Forge into paradox engine combo. So give me your thoughts and then maybe give us some uh, some tips on how to survive into that combo there. So is there a way to copy power stone shard in this format? Um. I think, I think all make... the clone. I think all the clone effects are creatures. Unfortunately, does Sahili Rai let us make all of our artifacts into the copy of something? I think it has to be a creature, though. Let me double uh, check. Um, I like where this is going. Uh, Foundry, oh, no. Foundry to... Inspector. You get to create a copy of an artifact or creature you control. No, no, no. It's, uh, the uncommon Sahili. Oh. Uh, Sublime Artificer. Yeah. Target artifact you control brings a copy of another target artifact or creature you control. See, uh, it lets you make one copy. It doesn't let me make yeah. everybody a copy. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. I do think that, like, uh, Foundry Inspector is just better than Joyros Familiar in this deck. That's fair. It's um, one cheaper. Yeah, it's one cheaper, and, like, it's got a 3-2 body. Not that that matters, but, like, uh, you could run both and just to keep the cost reduction down, you know? We need Springleaf Drum. That's also missing here. So you can let your Ornithopters and stuff tap for mana while you're comboing off. But other than that, this looks pretty good. I would probably cut, like, um, two Karn Scion of Urza um, to put in and cut the Metalwork Colossi to go for more of a... Oh, I guess, hold on. Does he have the rest of the combo here in the board? I don't see the food engine. Oh, there it is. There's a Witch's Oven. Huh. I guess you can leave in the metalwork clauses. But I would put in like Springleaf Drums and I would switch Joyra's Familiar to Foundry Inspector. And I think this deck is real. Okay, cool. It looks oh. fun, that's for sure. Alright, we have another Overseal Scales deck, Overseer Scales deck list this time by Lemon Lyman. Three Chamber Sentry, four Hangerback Walker, four Ornithopter. Four Stone Cold Serpent, four Ginger Brute, four Avatar the Resolute, four Steel Overseer, four Animation Module, four Springleaf Drum, three the Ozolith, and four Hardened Scales. I love eighteen lands. That's on. That's an honest mana base. Um, Avatar of the Resolute is a great card. Very good combo with uh with Steel Overseer. I like this deck. This is something I would definitely be into playing. Can we play? No, I guess not. I was like, instead of one Castle Garenbrig, I want to play just one The World Tree. Okay. Uh, just for that, like, super, super weird niche situation uh, where we, somehow we got to seven lands that didn't lose in this deck. And to we buy, back, buy chamber back our century? Chamber Century. Sure. But other than that, I like this. Um, very good, solid, uh, straightforward deck. That's what we're looking for, just... Uh, Good, honest robots uh, doing a good, honest work. All right. Now we have one that's kind of the mind bender to me. And this is Pre-Constructed 8-Rack by Bridger. And we have two Hangerback Walker, two Asylum Visitor, four Lupin Prototype, four Scrap Heap Scrounger, four Steel Overseer, four Davriel Rogue Shadow Mage, two Lodana Waker of the Dead, one Duress, four Fatal Push, four Thoughtseize, four Agonizing Remorse, uh, one sign in blood, four inscription of ruin, and four shrieking affliction. Yo, I get this. Yeah, I get this. 
I think this is dope. Lupine prototype is a is an artifact, so we can play it with uh, Steel Overseer. I guess uh, Lupin prototype doesn't care who doesn't have cards. Yeah, no, this card, this this deck's dope. I like this deck. All right, I'd play so, this deck. So we get to rack with our Lupin prototypes and just beat down with the Overseer. All right, yeah, yeah, I'm in. I don't know if it's the best way to play eight rack. I do think like there is like an Orzhov eight rack deck that'd probably be a little bit better, but I like this deck. Yeah. I think there is a, a there's a rack deck that's pretty real in Pioneer as well. Um, all right, here is our second to last deck list, and this is by now former Crew Three Champion Servo Token. This is the best the best creature type ever, Tribal, and uh, you'll see why in a minute. Here, uh, this is has one Lurse of the Dream Den, four Hangerback Walker, four Metallic Mimic, four Steel Overseer. Two Blood Chiefs Thirst, four Fatal Push, four Thoughtseize, four <laughs> Bastry Solidarity, four Servo Exhibition, two Strands Expertise, three Animation Module, and four Hidden Stockpile. Okay. This deck is great. It's great, right? You play Metallic Mimic on Servo? Yeah. Uh, no. So I played against him playing this deck, right? And yeah. I was playing Claudio's Grixis Arcanist decklist from last week. And there were just too many servos. I was having like flashbacks of just like, Ugh, I can I can only fatal push one servo, and there's like five of them. And then he expertises and puts more into play, and then plays a Bastion Solidarity for free, or he has double hidden stockpile. I just can't beat that, Ricky. The Anointer Priest in the sideboard make this impossible for you to win if you're playing any sort of red deck. Yeah, this is hilarious. I love this deck. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. I mean, you don't want to you know, give, it, give, the, give it away yet. I'm not, I'm not biased or anything. I, I'm open to all decks that I see. Anyone could still win this. All right. Well, we got one more deck list and we're going to kick it on back to the, um, just in the discord. Uh, please, we're going to let it in, but next time, please send it to us just sort of in like a, a goldfish link or an architect link. Uh, it just makes it a little easier to sort of see it all at once. And this is by Arcaris. With Golgari Steel Overseer, three Hangerback Walker, four Stone Cold Serpent, one Scavenging Ooze, four Steel Overseer, three Voracious Hydra, three Winding Constrictor, four Hardened Skills, two Oath of Nissa, four Snakeskin Veil, two The Ozolith, two Assassin's Trophy, four Karn the Great Creator, two Vivian Arcbow Ranger. We got a little bit of a wish board here. Um, I mean, my my only thing, I think this deck looks really solid, right? Another way, just playing Hardened Skills. But I don't know if it leans enough into Steel Overseer. It's kind of like just it's their thing it feels like to me right i mean it sounds like there's just i mean a few too many non-artifact creatures to get the counters mm-hmm. i like constrictor though like uh, i'm surprised i didn't see a conclave mentor constrictor type deck so uh good on them for that uh we want to see like stuff like that's something exciting like when you can start tapping your overseer and putting three one one three, counters, ca- three counters out there yeah yeah uh so i, I like to see that but uh, yeah, I think we need a few more artifacts, or at least animation module, so we can make more artifacts. Yeah. But, you know, what's the Karn package like? Uh, we have Sky Sovereign Gear Hulk. Okay, that's an artifact. Uh, Vorinclex, Meteor Golem, Tormod's Crypt, Pithing Needle, another Ozolith, uh, Sorcerer's Spyglass, Panharmonicon, God Pharaoh Statue, Mortal Sun. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. My only thing is, with, without the mono green, though, can we power out some of these cards easy enough, though? Um, like, trying to play God Pharaoh Statue and Immortal Sun on 22 lands. Yeah, that might be a little tight. But, you know, they're just there. They're options, right? Sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to knock it. All right. So, are we ready, Ricky, to determine this month's winner? I've determined a winner. <laughs> You've determined a winner. I have picked a winner. All right. Who is... Who is the winner? So before, since Ricky came up with this challenge, he's going to pick the final winner. Uh, I do want to shout out, obviously, everyone for submitting. We love looking at these. I think this is going to be a fun thing going forward to keep doing. Um, Tezzy's deck obviously very much impressed me. Um, El Capi, if we get the combo to work, it looks pretty fun. But now that I realize that Lupin Prototype lets us keep attacking if opponent doesn't have cards in hand, I'm in. You, uh, my my runner-up is First Day of Scales. Okay, First Day of Scales? 
first day of skills is my runner up. I love the idea of like uh, first day of class to like Kazool's Fury, our own hangerback walker, making a bunch of thopters that have uh, one one counters and haste. Oh my gosh, they're like two twos or three threes. You have hardened scales, right? Like I, like <sighs> things like that are pretty amazing. Like first day of class, first day of class is a really good card. Uh, like in the mid to late game, in these decks, I mean. It's right now. It's like destroying and popper everywhere. Yeah, but like I like the interactions that it can have here. Which Wait, is, is, fir- cool. is first day of class part of the Chatterstorm deck? Yeah. All right. Uh, now I want to play it even more. You, you first day of class, and then you play your Chatterstorm, and if you have a storm of ten, you win the game because you get ten two two hasty squirrels. All right. Fair enough. Um. Right. But so that's my that's my that's my runner up, and you gave it to the the. I'm gonna give it to the rack. The rack deck is also pretty cool. I like the rack deck quite a bit. The winning deck has got to be the servo token, playing with a lot of servo tokens. Servo tokens, yeah. This deck is awesome. And it has Loris, so it has to be viable. I tell you what, like I said, I played against it, and Hidden Stockpile is gross. No, that card's so insane. Um, I love Hidden Stockpile. I played it a bunch uh, in Standard way back when with, like, Marionette Master and stuff like that, and... This this deck is this deck is cool. I like it. I like the Saram's expertise into solidarity is cute. Um, Servo exhibition is also hilarious. Uh, this deck is dope, dope, dope. So All I think right. definitely the winner. All right, so congrats, Servo Token. All right, listeners, your challenge for the month of July, uh, which again, and you know, people are very quick to submit theirs for June, but I think we're gonna take a little longer with this one. So dudes, back to us. Bye. Uh, our recording on uh, August the 2nd, so by about noon August the 2nd, is the challenge is for, Ricky, in D&D, right, you have a party of adventurers, and there's a mechanic from Zendikar called Party. There is and a mechanic from Zendikar called we've Party. S- we've seen one creature type from Party really make it, make kind of a splash in Pioneer, right? And that's the Rogue deck. So... What I will say is, give us a deck list built around either the whole party, cleric, warrior, or wizard. Not rogues. No rogues. No rogue. We already see plenty of rogue deck lists. I want to see either the whole party or the rest of the party. The rogues got too much of a spotlight, and we don't need that that many edgelords around here anymore. Right, right, right. For sure. The, The rogues, we've seen that. Everybody likes the rogues. They're cool. But, like, can you show me a cleric tribal deck that Chris keeps saying is good but hasn't shown off yet? Or maybe show those people who are playing the cleric deck what kind of cowards they are with your warriors. Exactly. Maybe you really want to include rogues, so you build a whole party deck. Or maybe you just haven't gotten enough to go into wizard school, so you're going to give us the wizard deck. So something – it doesn't have to be a tribal deck, but something that utilizes – those creature types in specific, or the party mechanic. Or the party mechanic. So a little bit of wider berth here, So and just incorporate and have fun with the D&D mechanic. So hopefully we get a pretty wide variety of deck lists this coming time, and I'm definitely excited for it. Ricky, thank you for joining me tonight, and whoever else joined me in the uh, the spoiler talk that we did, if I add it in this episode, which I probably will add in this episode. Ricky, where can everyone, where can listeners find you over on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at all... At also Steve, and you can find me on YouTube with Door Monster and on Twitch at Door Monster TV. All right, and of course you can find me running our official Twitter account, and also where I post some personal stuff from time to time, like all of my uh, Warhammer minis that I'm currently just going through and having a bit of a painter spree on. Oh, they look great. Yeah, thank you at Crew Three Podcast on Twitter. I stream a few nights a week on our Twitch at twitchtv g and upload the vods to YouTube at YouTube. Just look up Crew Through MTG there. We'll probably be taking a bit of a stream break, probably a couple weeks after D&D releases. We get all the D&D hype out. Just take a little bit of a break, have some time off, relax. Uh, but until then, we're going to keep on trucking along. And of course, even while I take a little break from Twitch, we will keep the podcast rolling, keep the Pioneer train going on. And we'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.